أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم Lesson 41 Surah Ali Imran Ayah 14-22 Zuyina للناس حب الشهوات من النساء Beautified for people is the love of that which they desire What is it that they desire? An-Nisa, the women Wal-Baneen and sons وَالْقَنَاطِيرِ الْمُقَنْطَرَةِ And heaped up sums of what? مِنَ الذَّهَبِ وَالْفِضَّةِ Of gold and silver. وَالْخَيْلِ الْمُسَوَّمَةِ Fine branded horses. وَالْأَنْعَامِ And grazing livestock. وَالْحَرْثِ And the tilled land. What does Allah say about all these things? ذَلِكَ مَتَاعُ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا That is the enjoyment of worldly life. Wallahu indahu husnul ma'ab. But Allah has with him the best return. This ayah tells us about those things which people love, which people are naturally attracted towards. The attraction of all of these things has been placed in the hearts of people. And this is general to all people, whether they existed 2,000 years ago or they will exist after today. This is something that is common to all human beings. Why? Because this is something that all human beings find very attractive. Zuyina. It was beautified. It was made very beautiful. It was adorned. The word Zuyina is from the root letters Zayyanun. From the word Zina. And what does the word Zina mean? Beauty. Adornment. And Zuyina is from Tazyin which is to make something beautiful. To make something appear beautiful to another. And this is when something seems beautiful to a person, whether it is a sound that is heard. So it's a sound that a person hears and he finds it very beautiful. Similarly, it could be something that a person sees, he sees it and he finds it very beautiful. He finds it very attractive in sight, in vision. Similarly, it could be a thought. It could be something that a person is thinking in his mind, that a person is wishing in his heart. And just the thought of it makes him very happy. Just the thought is very enjoyable. Just imagining that is very enjoyable. Similarly, it could be something that a person is eating. It could be something that a person is touching. It could be something that a person is feeling. Something that a person has. Something that a person possesses. So anything that a person finds beautiful, that a person finds attractive. And obviously, since every person's choice is different, therefore what is beautiful varies from person to person. What is beautiful varies from person to person. One person finds a particular thing, a particular sound very beautiful, and another doesn't necessarily find that beautiful. So tazheen is to beautify something, to make something look beautiful. So Zuyina Linnasi. It has been made very beautiful for the people, meaning they find it very attractive. And notice Anas has been used, not disbelievers. Anas is who? All people, generally, all human beings, whether Muslims or not, all mankind. This is something common to all people. People of all eras, people of all races, people of all backgrounds. This is common to all people. What is it that they find very beautiful? Hubbu shahwat. 
the love of that which they desire. Love of shahwa. The word shahwat is the plural of shahwa. And shahwa is from the root letters sheen, ha, wow. From shaha yeshu, which literally means to desire or to long for something. Basically, shahwa is anything that the soul of a person naturally inclines towards. And he finds it pleasurable. He finds it pleasing. So it is something that a person desires and this desire is very natural. And especially, shahwa is when the heart literally just falls for something that it likes. For example, there is a particular food that you like. So what is it? It's an inner desire. It's a craving. It's a longing. It's an inclination. And that desire does not go away until and unless you fulfill it. Until and unless you eat that particular thing which you like. So shahwa is a natural desire which is from within a person which is from within a person's soul and a person is naturally pulled towards it naturally inclined towards it and it's also used for a desire or something that a person craves for something that a person is greedy for he wants it he's greedy for it and remember desires are of two types shahawat are of two types what are they? first of all shahawat that are sadiqah what does it mean by that? They're natural. Natural desires and it is permissible to fulfill them. For example, the desire to eat. As long as you eat something that is lawful for you, then it is permissible for you to fulfill that desire. Similarly, as long as you're not fasting and you eat, it's okay. But if you're fasting and you say, no, no, it's a natural desire, then fulfilling that desire is not something that is good. So that would not be sadiqah. So shahawat sadiqah are those that are natural and it is permissible, it is alright to fulfill them through halal ways, through permissible ways. The second type of shahawat are shahawat kadiba, meaning there are such desires which must be avoided, meaning a person must not fulfill them. Why? Because either they are not halal, they are haram, for example, eating a particular food that is haram or eating at a time when it is not permissible for you to eat it. And shahwa is not just with eating, it's also with sexual desires. So, fulfilling a person's sexual desire in a way that is haram, that is what? Shahwa, that is kadiba. And shahwat kadiba also includes being very obsessive with fulfilling desires, being very excessive in fulfilling desire. For example, a person loves a particular food and he eats it all the time. Or he doesn't just eat a quantity that will suffice him for that particular time, but he eats it, eats it, eats it to the point that he's sick. So this is what? Being obsessive with fulfilling the desires. Being excessive in fulfilling the desire. This is also something that a person must avoid. So shahawat are what? Desires that are natural. A person is pulled towards them. A person is naturally inclined towards them. They are those which can be fulfilled, it is permissible for a person to fulfill them and there are other desires which a person must avoid, why? because they make him enter into the realm of disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just because it's a natural desire doesn't mean you have to fulfill it for example a person says, oh I'm, you know, I just like sleeping a lot I can't avoid sleeping, so I don't care if my fajr is delayed I don't care if I don't wake up a fajr 
I can't control my sleep. It's a shahwa. No. If it's a shahwa that is kadiba, then it must be suppressed. It must not be fulfilled. Because many times we give this excuse. I can't help it. It's natural. I can't avoid it. But we have to avoid it. So some things we have to avoid. Other things, they're natural. Over here Allah says, حُبُّ shahawat, Love of that which people desire. So, زُيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ حُبُّ shahawat, Beautified for people is the love of that which they desire. What does it mean by this? A shahawat refers to those things which people desire. And those things which people love. Those things which people find very attractive. Those things to which people are pulled towards. Why are they called shahawat? Because of the greed and craving that people have for them. Because how much they desire to have these things, enjoy these things, use these things, own these things. This is why they have been called shahawat. So love of that which people desire has been made very beautiful for them. And so they find these shahawat very attractive. They find immense attraction in fulfilling these shahawat, in pursuing these shahawat. They crave them, they want them, they long for them, they will do anything to have them. And sometimes they will become very obsessive when it comes to using them, when it comes to enjoying them. They will become very obsessive and they will not leave them. What are these desires? The desires are mentioned in the ayah. But the question is, Allah says over here, Zuyina. It has been made beautiful. Who has beautified these things for people? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? As a test. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, in Surah Al-Kahf, ayah number 7, إِنَّا جَعَلْنَا مَا عَلَى الْأَرْضِ زِينَةً لَهَا لِنَبْلُوَهُمْ أَيُّهُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا Indeed, we have made that which is on the earth. Everything that is on the earth, we have made it what? A zina, an adornment for it. Why? That we may test them as to which of them is best indeed. As to which of them is best in actions. Similarly, we learn in Surah Al-Mulk, ayah number 2, الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا He has created death and life. Why? So that he may test you which of you are good in deeds. So, we see that all of these things have been beautified for us by who? By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? As a test. Then what do we do with these things? Do we just get lost in them? Or do we still remember the purpose of our lives? It has also been said that these things have been beautified for people by who? By shaitan. That shaitan puts immense attraction in these things for us. He tempts us to pursue these things, to go after these things, to love these things, to use these things all the time. Why? So that we forget our goal. So that we forget our purpose in life. However, out of these two opinions, that who is the one who has attracted these things first? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or shaitan. However, it has been said that shaitan, generally, what does he do? He beautifies the actions of people for him. The things that Allah has created, their attraction has been placed in our hearts by who? By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not by shaitan. 
Because Allah has created those things. Shaitan has not created those things. He has not made those things. So Allah has put the attraction for these things in our hearts. Why? As a test. Over here we will see that only a few shahawat have been mentioned. What are they? Women, sons, gold and silver, horses and all of these things. Only a few of them are mentioned. But in reality the list is quite long. In reality there are many things that people love. Many things that people are attracted towards, that people are pulled towards. Why are these things mentioned in particular? Because generally, across different cultures, across different eras, these are the things that you will find most common. These are the things that people in different cultures, different societies, different eras, they love these things. They are pulled towards these things. And the desire that people have for these things is immense. It is great. And they find it very beautiful, they find it very attractive to enjoy these things. There is a hadith which tells us, the Prophet ﷺ said, if the son of Adam were to possess two valleys of riches, he would long for a third. Two valleys full of riches, full of gold, full of silver, what would he desire? Another one. And the stomach of the son of Adam is not filled but with dust. Meaning eventually, it's death that is going to put an end to the desires of the human being. So we see that all of these things have been placed in the dunya. They are beautiful. People want them. People desire them. And just the idea of having them, because it's zuyyin al-innasi, hubbu shahwat. The love of shahwat has been made beautiful. One is to love the things, and the other is to find an attraction in loving the things. What is mentioned over here is find an attraction in loving the things. There is a difference between the two. What are the two things I have mentioned right now? One is to love something. And the other is to be in love with the idea of being in love. For example, some people they love shopping. And some other people, just the idea of shopping, just the thought of shopping, just the thought of going to the mall makes them happy. Just the thought of doing something makes them happy. They are not actually doing it. But just the thought of doing it makes them happy. So over here, Zuyyan al-Nasi, it has been made very beautiful. What? The hub of shahwat, the love of the desires, fulfilling desires, has been made very beautiful for the people. Now what are these desires? Let's look at them. First of all, min nisa of the women. Over here, min gives the meaning of bayan, meaning it is explanatory. What shahawat is it that people love? What shahawat is it that people love to fulfill? An-Nisa, first of all. An-Nisa is from the root letters, noon seen, well. So we see that men, no matter who they are, no matter which era they are of, which culture they belong to, which society they belong to, which family they are from, many times what age they are of, it doesn't matter. They love women. They find great attraction in women. What kind of attraction? In the looks of the women, in the appearance of the women, in the manner of the women, in the speech of the women, in the way they dress, in the way they talk, in the way they approach them. The men, generally, what do they do? They love women. And this is something that is a fact, meaning we cannot deny it. No man can say, no, I don't like women. 
if he's saying that he's lying he's not being honest no man can say that because this love this shahwa this desire is a natural desire allah has put it in every single man this shahwa is very natural it's in the heart of every single man and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put it in his heart so we see that men they find great attraction in women they find immense attraction in women and this is something that we witness all the time you go to the mall you go out on the street and the billboards will tell you the ads on the tv will tell you the posters will tell you that women must look very beautiful why so that men can enjoy them isn't it interesting that when it comes to advertisements which are products for men even in those advertisements who are there women why so that men are attracted towards those products and if you look at it those things which are for women their advertisements even have who women why so that other women aspire to become like them why so that men enjoy them men like them so we see that this is something very natural men love women and this is why our deen allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told women to protect themselves because any man will enjoy looking at any woman therefore allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told the women to protect themselves when it comes to talking to a man when it comes to dealing with a man when it comes to going in front of a man you protect yourself you protect your dignity you preserve your self respect because you're not that cheap that any man can enjoy you and can think bad about you no you should protect yourself the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said ma taraktu ba'di fitnatan adarra ala ar-rijal min an-nisa i did not leave behind me a test more tempting to men than women the most difficult test that men suffer from is which women so what should be done should the men say oh this love is natural therefore i don't care i'm going to enjoy every woman i can this, this is a natural test it's a natural desire no allah has put the desire in the heart and what is a person supposed to do he should control that desire and he should fulfill that desire through permissible ways he should fulfill that desire how through halal ways wal banin and the sons banin is the plural of ibn meaning people also find having sons very attractive so the hubb shahawat the love of shahawat what are shahawat first of all women secondly sons so sons people love to have them people desire sons and this is something that is not that unique meaning we can't say that it was only the people back then 2000 years ago 1000 years ago only they love to have sons even today there are so many people in so many different cultures they love to have sons they prefer sons over daughters many people complain that my parents love my brother more than me my brother is given preference more than me despite the fact that i'm more obedient to my parents but still they love my brother more why because he's a boy so people love to have sons and some people they have such an extreme desire to have sons that they go to great lengths 
to have them. Sometimes they go and do shirk, literally. People go, pray at the graves of dead people. They go do shirk, they do whatever they can just to have a son. And sometimes we see that, yes, this was very prevalent in the days of ignorance, but this is also very common in very educated people today. This is very common. For example, if there is a family that runs a business, and obviously it's the men who run the business, and if they don't have a son, they get very concerned. And they will go marry a second wife only so that they can have a son. And if that doesn't work, they will go marry a third so that they can have a son. And when they have a son, then they're satisfied. So we see that this is something that is common today as well. This is something that is prevalent today as well. So people love to have sons. This is a shahua. This is a desire that is in the hearts of people. Regardless of their age, regardless of their background. To the point that if they have daughters, what happens to them? We learn in the Quran in Surah Al-Nahl, Ayah 58, وَإذا بشر أحدهم بالأنثى ظل وجهه مسودًا وهو كظيم. And when one of them is informed of the birth of a female, his face becomes dark, and he suppresses grief. His face becomes dark. This is figurative in the sense that he becomes very embarrassed. He becomes shy, and he begins to suppress his grief. So people love sons. And remember, shahwa for women, desire for women is that which is sexual. Desire for sons is shahwa that is of fakhr, of pride, of sharaf, of honor, of dignity. So in order to fulfill that desire, that I should be better than those people around me, that I should have more sons than them, or I should have all boys, or I should have at least one boy, this kind of desire is what? This shahwa is of fakhr and of sharaf. What else do people desire? وَالْقَنَاطِيرِ الْمُقَنْطَرَةِ And heaped up sums. Of what? مِنَ الذَّهَبِ وَالْفِضَّةِ Of gold and of silver. قَنَاطِيرِ الْمُقَنْطَرَةِ قَنَاطِيرِ is the plural of قِنْطَار. And it's from the root letters قَاف نُون طَارَ قِنْطَار. And قِنْطَار is used for something that is heaped up, something that is layered. It is basically used for heaps and piles of wealth. Large sums of wealth. Qantara, which is from the same root, is used for a bridge. A similar word is used for a tall, multi-story building. A tall, multi-story building. So basically this word gives us a sense of height. It conveys a sense of height. Of something that is piled up, something that is layered one on top of the other, so that you have a huge, tall structure in front of you whether it is of a building or it is a bridge or it is a pile of gold and silver or it is stacks of cash boxes or lockers or whatever bricks of gold that are piled up whatever so basically it gives a sense of height now the word kinfar the literal meaning is something that is heaped up however the word kinfar was in particular used for a unit of money, a particular unit of money, or a particular weight of measure. And this was obviously in ancient times. So it's an ancient unit of money 
and weight of measure. It is said that some say that tinfal refers to a particular amount, meaning a particular amount of money or a particular weight of measure. And how much is that? About that there are at least 10 different opinions. Because it varies from place to place, time to time. So there are at least 10 different opinions. For example, Sa'id bin Jubayr, he said that it is a hundred thousand dinar. One qintar is how much? A hundred thousand dinar. Some have said that it adds up to eighty thousand dirham. Now think about it, a hundred thousand dinar or eighty thousand dirham, how will you stack them? How will you store them? In stacks, obviously. So it will obviously become a heaped up sum of dinar or of dirham. Others have said that it is about a hundred ritual of gold. And how much is that? Around a hundred kg. Hundred ritual of gold and each ritual is a hundred kg. So imagine, hundred times hundred. Others have said that it is more than a thousand mithqal. So basically, there are different opinions with regards to how much a qintar is. The amount, the weight, the measure, the value. It varies. Others have said that qintar is not just a specific amount of wealth or a specific weight of gold or silver, but rather it is used for malul kathir. It is used for a large sum that is unlimited. Meaning you cannot put a limit to it. At one point it will be a hundred thousand. At another point it will be one million. You can't put a limit to it. You can't put a maximum to it. But what is it? Malul kathir. So what do people love? Qanatir. Not just qintar. But what do people love? Qanatir. Unlimited amounts of wealth. Huge sums of wealth. At the end of which you cannot put a full stop. They want more and more zeros. They don't want any decimal. Unlimited amount of wealth. And this qanatir, Allah says muqantara. That which is heaped up, accumulated. Muqantara is also from the same root. Qaf, noon, tara. And muqantara means wealth that is accumulated. Wealth that is piled up. A qintar that is piled up. So qanatir are heaps of wealth, large sums of money, muqantara, that are heaped up, that are accumulated, that are hoarded. Now, muqantara has been understood in several ways. First of all, it has been said that qanatid and muqantara together gives us the meaning of qanatid meaning heaped up treasures that are muqantara meaning that are multiplied, that are multiplied and increased. For example, Ibn Abbas said that qanatir refers to three qanatir. Three huge piles of wealth. And muqantara are nine. So nine meaning multiplied, three multiplied by three. So muqantara is that which is multiplied. So people don't just like qanatir, but they like qanatir to be multiplied many, many times. They don't just want one or two or three piles of gold and silver. Rather they want multiplied piles of gold and silver. If they have one heap, they want that to be multiplied by three, four times. If they have one set of gold jewelry, they want that to be multiplied a few times, so that they can have several. One has one colored stone, and the other has another type of stone, another has another type of diamond. So they want that to be multiplied. Then it has been said 
Then qanatir muqantara, secondly, what does it mean? That qanatir, that are muqantara, meaning that are accumulated, that are stacked up, that are heaped up, in the form of dinar and dirham. They want stacks and stacks of gold and silver. Stacks and stacks of gold bricks, so that their supply never ends. And even if they don't need them, at least they can say they have that many lockers, or they have that many bricks, or they have this many investments in these many places. So, qanatil muqantara, to summarize, what does it mean? Qanatil are huge sums of wealth. Huge sums of wealth. Large sums of wealth that are piled up. Why are they piled up? Because they're huge. They're great. Obviously, to store them, to stack them, you need to pile them up. And muqantara, qanatil muqantara, what does it mean? Two meanings. First of all, multiplied many, many times. Secondly, what does it mean? Accumulated, hoarded, stacked. Like they have their preserve. They have the money that they're using, but they have their preserve as well. So they want, what do they desire? So some people have an intense desire for wealth. So much so that they will go to great extent, great lengths to get a hold of money. And sometimes they have money, more than what they need. But still, what will they do? They will save, and they will work more, and they will do more business, or they will do more work. Why? To acquire more and more money. If you think of it, to a certain point, your money, you enjoy it, up to a certain limit. You have a house, okay, you have a villa, you have a few cars, okay, whenever you travel, you travel first class. Similarly, you have everything that you want. But then, Beyond that, after that, what happens? No matter how much money you have, it's useless to you. Because it's just sitting there. You don't need it anymore. It's beyond what you can enjoy. It's beyond luxury. But what do people want? What do people desire? More and more. And this also is a test for people. That how much time do you spend on just making money? on running after acquiring money. How much effort? How much energy? How much of your time are you spending on this? And how much of your time are you dedicating for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So people love to have money. They desire money. Why do they desire money? Because it's a gateway to all luxuries in life. And people think that if they have money, they can get happiness. But the reality is quite opposite. It's not necessary to have money in order to be happy. مِنَ الذَّهَبِ Of gold وَالْفِضَّةِ And of silver Meaning قَنَاطِيرِ الْمُقَنْطَرَةِ مِنَ الذَّهَبِ وَالْفِضَّةِ Accumulated piles of gold and silver They want heaps and piles of what? Gold and silver The word ذَهَب is used for gold and is from the root letters ذَلْهَبَ What does it mean? To go away And this is the reality of gold it goes away. And if it doesn't go away, a person always has the fear that it might go away. He might lose it. And if he has it, he has to pay zakat on it. Well, fiddah. Fiddah is from the root letters fa, bad, bad. And fab literally means to scatter, to spread. Then fabbu min hawlik. They would have scattered, they would have dispersed from around you. So fiddah. Literally means that which scatters, that which disperses. 
And we see that with silver as well. That no matter how much one collects it in life, eventually, what happens? It gets divided up. When a person dies, what happens to his money? What happens to his silver? What happens to the gold that he has collected? It is distributed amongst his heirs. And even in his life, he has to pay zakat on it. So, مِنَ الذَّهَبِ وَالْفِضَّةِ It's interesting that gold and silver have been especially mentioned. Why? There may be other metals that people really like or that are more valuable. For example, platinum is much more valuable than gold and silver. But what is it that people like more? Gold and silver. People generally, all across the globe, across different cultures, across different civilizations, what is it that people are attracted towards? Gold and silver. And especially women. They love to have gold and silver. Piles and piles of gold and silver. So this is also a natural desire. This is also a desire that has been put in the heart of people. Why? As a test. That how much are you pursuing just gold and silver? And how much are you pursuing other important things in life? How much of your time and energy is going into acquiring gold and silver? And how much of your time and energy is going into acquiring the pleasure of Allah? This is also a test. What else? Walkhailil musawwama and horses that are branded, horses that are marked, branded horses. What else has been mentioned in the ayah? Wal anam and the grazing livestock, wal harf and the fields. All of these things, Allah says, ذَلِكَ مَتَاعُ الْحَيَاةِ dunya All of this is a temporary enjoyment of life. Wallahu عِنْدَهُ حُسْنُ الْمَآبِ And Allah has with him the best return. زُيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ حُبُّ الشَّهَوَاتِ مِنَ النِّسَاءِ Beautified for people is the love of that which they desire. There are many things that people desire. And this love of desires, this love is beautified for people. Because of which they think that indulging in these desires, pursuing these desires, being excessive with them, is completely fine. They are natural desires, and these desires have been beautified for people, which is why they are very excessive, very obsessive when it comes to indulging in these desires. What are these desires? Min and Nisa. First of all, women. Secondly, Wal Banin and the sons. Thirdly, Heaped up sums of gold and silver. That people love money and they want to have endless supplies of money. Huge and large sums of money. Especially gold and silver. Which is why we see that people spend so much time, so much energy, so much of their talent on what? On making money. If you think of it in the society, in every society... What are people concerned about? You have to go to school. You have to learn your skills. You have to educate yourself. Why? So that you can make money. Generally, this is what we see. People do whatever they do or people learn whatever they learn. Why? So that they can make money. And what does Allah say about wealth? Surah Al-Anfal, Ayah 28, Allah tells us, وَاعْلَمُوا أَنَّمَا أَمْوَالُكُمْ وَأَوْلَادُكُمْ فِتْنَةٌ And know that your wealth and your children, your money and your children, what are they? They are but a trial. 
that once you have them, what do you do with them? How much time do you spend with them? And how much do you use them to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What else is it that people love and desire? And horses that are branded. Isn't it interesting that even little girls, what do they like? Ponies. We think it's only the people who live in deserts or who live in Bulgaria or something like that. They're the ones who love horses. But even little girls, they're obsessed with beautiful horses. Al-Khayl al-Musawwama. Al-Khayl is from the root letters Khayalam. And Khayl is used for horses. Literally the word Khayl means to walk arrogantly. How? That to walk with one's head up straight or held up high and shoulders thrown back. And from the same root, Ikhtiyal is to think too great of oneself. So many times when people are obsessed with themselves, you can see it in the manner in which they walk. As if they're walking into some arena for a competition or something. I mean, you're just walking around your house. And if you look at it, the khayl also, the horse also, there's a particular stutter or there's a particular, you can say, arrogance in the manner that the horse walks. With its neck up straight, the mane is also standing up straight, the hair on the neck of the horse. And similarly, the way that it moves its tail, the way that it runs, there's a particular type of show, arrogance in that walk, in the walk, in the manner of the horse. And it's also said that the horse is called khayl because the owner of the horse, the sahibul khayl, the person who is riding a horse, or the person who owns horses, what about him? He is many times tested with khayla, meaning he thinks a lot of himself. So al-khayl, people love horses, but in particular what kind of horses? Any random wild horses? No. Musawwama. Musawwama is from the root letter seen well mean. From Sama Yasumu. What does that mean? Literally. Yasumu nakumsu al adab They were inflicting upon you evil torture. But what does Sama Yasumu literally mean? The people of Fir'aun, they used to inflict upon you evil torture. And Sama literally means to take animals for grazing. So Sama Yasumu literally means to graze. And Asama Yusimu, from which is to Simun, is to take animals for pasture. So basically, it means to graze. And from that, it is to pursue something. To go after something. To be in search for something. But literally what does it mean? To graze. Secondly it is said that Musawwama is from the root letters Wausin mean, Wasm. And what does Wasm mean? To put a mark on something. To brand something. So what does it mean by Khaylil Musawwama? Horses that are Musawwama. This is understood in several ways. First of all, horses that are Musawwama are horses that are grazing which are spread across the meadows, across the fields, grazing on huge properties that you own. So just the thought of having horses and the beauty of the scene of the horses grazing, this is also something that is very beloved to the people. Secondly, Khair al-Musawwama has been understood as horses that are muallama, meaning horses that are marked. What does it mean by marked horses? Meaning they are marked with a Shia. What kind of a mark is a Shia? A color that is different from the rest of the color. So basically a spot. 
So like for example, you have a brown horse or a brown cow and it has white spots on it. Or for example, it's a black cow or a black horse and it has white spots on it. So the white spots are what? Shia. So what kind of horses do people like? Not plain colored ones. But they like horses which have beautiful spots on them. Like for example, a white spot on the forehead or a spot on the side or something like that. Then it has been said that marked horses doesn't mean those horses which are spotted, but rather it means those horses which have been branded with a particular mark. Why? For the purpose of identification or for the purpose of beauty. For example, what people would do is, even today, to mark their particular animals, to mark their horses, they used to heat up a brand or something and they would put that on the horse in order to put a mark on him. Why? So that the horse is identified. And if you think of it, if a person has 15 horses and all of them have the same mark, they have the same tag, they have the same label, what does that show? I have so many horses. So Khail al-Musawwama, horses that are branded, that are marked. Why are they marked? For the purpose of beauty or for the purpose of identification or for the purpose of showing off. Sayyidah. Some people might not understand why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned branded horses, but if you look into our culture back home, when a person wants to get married, her mahad would be like a whole bunch of horses, right? And they might be branded. The more horses you get, like the more status you have. So a girl who might be like very beautiful, her mahad, like the horses that she might get are like more. So subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning here in the Quran. And it still happens today? Okay. It still happens today. So horses that are marked, that are branded for beauty, for identification, and also when horses were prepared for battle or for some race, what do people do? They put a mark on them. They put a particular sign on them. A particular saddle of a particular color or something which identifies the horse as theirs, as their property. So Khayl al-Musawwama. So first of all, Khayl al-Musawwama refers to horses that are grazing. Secondly, horses that are marked. And thirdly, it has been said that Khayl al-Musawwama are horses that are beautiful, of a very good hybrid, of a very good bloodline. Ibn Abbas anhu said that they are branded beautiful horses. Wal Khayl al-Musawwama. Now we see that horses, what do they symbolize? Wealth, status, beauty, strength, speed, transportation. So basically we see that in some cultures, in some places, horses are used for transportation. And in other places, as a status symbol for transportation, what is used? Cars. And some horses... They go up to the value of sometimes $100,000. Similarly, horse races for amusement, but how much money is put into it? But on the other hand, we see that cars, how much money people spend on their cars? How much money people spend on maintaining their cars, on looking after their cars, on upgrading to newer and newer models? And you see, Khaylil Musawwama, horses that are marked, that are branded, of a very high bloodline. So people are not satisfied with an ordinary car. What do they want? A car that is Musawwama, 
that is branded by its particular emblem, like a Mercedes emblem or a BMW logo or whatever. So they want that particular sign on their car. And sometimes you'll see a car with a fake sign. Why? It's musawwama. It's a status symbol. It's something that people love. It's something that shows your money or your wealth or your status. And we have so many different types of cars today. Luxury cars, sports cars, exotic cars, supercars. And if you look at it sometimes, these sports cars or these luxury cars, they're so impractical. When it comes to practical life, they're not practical at all. For example, if you look at a Ferrari or something, generally the trunk, the boot is so tiny that you can't even put one bag of grocery in it. And literally it is as though you're sitting on the ground. Going over a speed bump is so risky. And then what's the point of having a car that can go so fast that if you drive that fast, you're going to get a ticket. You might lose your car, you might lose your license for some time. But still, people try so hard to get a hold of these cars. And if they can't afford these cars, what do they do? They put posters of these cars. Or they'll go rent these cars. Or if a car passes by, they'll say, oh, it's that car, it's this model. So we see how interested people are in cars today. They're so conscious of cars. And similarly, we see that sometimes people buy certain cars only to belong to a certain elite group in order to be a part of a particular social class. Sometimes people do that. That if you have this particular car, then you will meet all those people who have this particular car and then you'll be able to meet with them more often and you'll be able to have business deals with them. Similarly, when you buy a car like that, they'll give you a jacket, they'll give you a helmet, they'll give you a pen which has that sign on it so that you can show that you have that particular car. So we see that this is something that is a shahwa. This is something that is naturally within people. People who existed 2,000 years ago and people who also exist today. And obviously there's nothing wrong in having something that is going to benefit you as long as a person does not become obsessive with these things. That most of his time is going into reading about cars or reading about something more important. Researching about cars or researching about something that is more important. Most of his time is going on what? On maintaining and looking after his car or maintaining and looking after his family. So, these things, what are they? A shahwa, a natural desire, and they are a test for us. So, wal khayl al-musawwama, these are also a shahwa for the people. And it's a shahwa that people love, people desire a lot.